The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, you betcha, yeah. If it's made in Minnesota, who's making it and how? Yeah, you got that right. It's the makers of Minnesota, focusing on the products and services uniquely made in Minnesota, and conversations with the makers, entrepreneurs, and innovators in Minnesota about how they conceived of their products and how they brought them to market. With Stephanie Hansen, it's the makers of Minnesota. This is Stephanie Hansen, and you're listening to The Makers of Minnesota. We are in episode 98, and we are with Gibson Shoemaker, and he is a guitar maker, and he makes them out of cigar boxes, and I see a spam can. I first heard about you. I saw a segment that you did with our fellow radio host, Jason Matheson. Yes. And you had him come in, and he you helped him make a guitar. How did you get started in in making these guitars? And I think we're calling them the Lucky Devil guitars at this yep. point. Yeah, we are. Yeah, so tell me how you got started. Uh, I guess it was uh, Recession 2010. I actually saw a documentary that featured Jack White. And oh, that's cool. He put together a one-stringed instrument, and I watched the whole thing thinking he was going to make more instruments. He never did. <laughs> uh, but they talked about the blues and the history of music, things like that, and I, I thought it was interesting. And about a month later, I kind of went, I really want to make one of those. And uh, I YouTubed it, and the three-string thing popped up, and there was a guy named C6 Steve who plays a three-string guitar, and it was just there's just this weird little world out there. and. I knew right when I saw it, I was like, oh, here's a rabbit hole I'm not coming out of for a little while. So that's how it started. So did you have, were you inclined musically to begin with? Absolutely not. Really? Yeah. So uh, the journey of the guitar for me started when I was about 11. So I've always desperately wanted to play guitar. I've had a massive interest in it. Yep. Uh, I'm actually an artist in other ways. I paint, I draw, I sculpt, I do other stuff. Uh, but I always wanted to play guitar, so I tried off and on my whole life, and then I just told myself my hands are too stubby or whatever the sure. excuse was because I just wasn't good at it. And so uh, eventually, around 35, 36, I went and bought myself a guitar for my birthday, and I stuck with it like crazy for two yeah. years, and I still wasn't good at it. And so when I saw this, I thought, okay, there's half the strings. I have a half a chance at playing this, so let's make one and just see what it sounds like. And uh, and it's really, it's also, it's played with a slide. Yep. So because it's three strings, it's tuned to an open chord. So in this case, it's G, so it's G, D, G. So even when I just strum it, yep. it's a note. So that is like half the battle. I don't even have to do anything, and I'm kind of there. Oh, that slide is cool. So is there a huge market for this in the Twin Cities? Because you're making them right over here in St. Paul, right? Uh, just over the bridge, actually, in Minneapolis. You're in Minneapolis, yeah. okay. Yep. So who is buying these types of guitars made out of these cool cigar boxes? You know, I really thought it was just going to be musicians. Uh, and honestly, it's uh, it's kind of everybody. Because they're so unique and because they're really one of a kind and because of the way they look, uh, they really just make great gifts. So uh, I would say that I didn't honestly anticipate women being a big part of the market. Yeah. And that's probably 60% of my business. How funny. Yeah, because yeah. I don't know. They seem a little masculine, kind of, just exactly. in the cigar box and the way they look. Yeah, it's very man cave. Yeah, you know, they're, I get it. yeah. they're really craft um, forward. They're very beautiful. Thank you. Um, so is this your full-time job now? It is. So, so how many of these? Yeah, how many do you think, like, how many are you making a year in selling? 
So I'm at around 100 or so. And so we also do other things. So we do the one string thing we do. And it's just because uh, I have the arts background. Yep. That when people come to me, half the work is off the website. You see, you buy it, you go. Yep. The other half is people emailing me saying, well, I've got a hubcap or I've got a cigar box. Could you... And we just kind of go from and there. And you do custom made. So, yeah, about half the stuff is Oh, that's custom. so cool. So do you go to like art shows? Do people find you on the internet? How do you market something that's so unique? So I do a few pop-up shows every year. We have uh, done the Junk Bonanza a few yeah. times, things yep. like that. And so that's pretty friendly to us. The big show every year is the State Fair. So that's, we have a booth out at the West End where it used to be Heritage Hill. I yeah, think I've seen you it. out there. Okay, yeah. And so... uh Half the year is really just geared up to that because in 12 days, I'll do almost as much business as I did the six months before. That. Oh, that's crazy. Um, so, so that many people find you mm-hmm. at the state fair. Yep. So do you like tell people like, hey, I'm going to be out at the fair, so come look for me? Or do literally just because there's 2 million people there, X percent walk by, they decide, hey, I'm going to buy this? Exactly. So uh, I should probably honestly be better at the whole branding <laughs> outreach email thing than I am. Uh, so it's a pretty small racket. I've got me. I bully the kid into it occasionally. Sure. My wife helps me. Uh, but, you know, I can only make so much. So I can only spend so much time like talking to people, which is like why I'm really excited to actually be here just so I can get out of the studio for 10 yeah. minutes. Uh, but, you know, so far it's just been uh, mostly people just stumbling across me. And so because of that, it's kind of just growing organically and naturally, despite myself. So I, I'm kind of hoping that in the next year, you know, putting that honest, you know, publicity first effort forward, that we can really jumpstart it. Let's so, say that you could. Let's yep. say that you could sell maybe 200 pieces next year. Yeah. What would that look like? Would you have to hire someone to do it? Because you're a real craftsman. Yeah. So we've kind of attacked that two ways. One, I'm just going to have to. At some point, it will be inevitable that I'll have to get a few bodies in yep. there just to help. And so, uh, you know, I'm kind of stalling that up as long as possible because the first few years I did this, uh, I was really, it was kind of about prototype. And so we're finally honing in on the whole Lucky Devil signature series. Mm-hmm. So in other words, I drew up the artwork and we're using lasers instead of a wood burner. I would burn the first few of them. So now we've got the same look, but it's with a laser. So that will help speed yep. things up. Uh, the shape of the neck is something I've redone three times. And so now we'll be able to start seeing seeing them rather than just carving them by hand. Yep. But it's to my specs and my design. So about half the business we hope to do is going to be more of that production type yep. of product. Uh, that's where the help will come from. And that way I'm going to feel good about the fact that I put the whole thing together myself, top to bottom. I've just got some hands with me. Sure. The other half will still be like this kind of one of a kind, you know, yeah, buying custom. a certain box and just, I guess I call them art guitars because it's really almost more art than actual guitar because there's so much that goes into it. And then, you know, each one is different to the point that uh, they just don't go together the same. So I can't, even if I taught somebody, it's really just, it's not going to translate the same way. How much does an art guitar cost? Is there a range? It's actually not too bad. It, it ranges from about three fifty to four fifty, and that's typically because when uh, we're doing those, it really is typically the custom end of it, which means that person really likes certain pickups or certain tuners on their guitar, and that you know, and that'll get up there because they're typically for musicians. So, uh, the Lucky Double Signature series, on the other hand, 
is uh, basically three hundred dollars. Okay. You know, sometimes they're a little bit less depending on the you know the box or whatever, but it's right around that. So just doing the math, if you're selling mm-hmm. about a hundred a year, this yep. is a thirty thousand dollar business. That... Yeah, so it's modest, and yep. you know, and I'm hoping it grows, and I'm hoping to develop it. Uh, but you know, yeah, we live on it, and you know, I'm an artist, so at the end of the day, I'm, yeah, I'm for thankful sure. I'm not starving. Uh, but we're also not rich at this point either. But yeah. But I can see that it's like a real that you have a real love of it, and it's a mm-hmm. real craft. Like uh, you mentioned uh, that you'd watch Jack White with this type of an instrument is like if you hit in Nashville, it has kind of a country sound to me. I don't know. Yeah, it does. It's really southern by nature. It's uh, it's actually kind of goes back to the Delta blues. Yep. You know, and it's uh, like the diddly bow. That's the one string instrument. Yep. Like Bo Diddley's name comes from the diddly bow. So basically all blues music, all, you know, southern music started with the Delta blues. And from there it turned into... Chicago blues, and from there it turned into rock and roll, and it's all sure. kind of progressed since then. But uh, the Delta blues is really where it started, and so that's that's kind of what it definitely sounds like in Nashville. Like I'd love to actually go down to Nashville. And I was just going to ask you, like, what would happen? And is this a company that, like, if you're in Nashville, is that a better place to be? Like, sometimes if you're a songwriter, that's a better place to yep. be. Or do you think you can do it anywhere and people will find you? So far, it's so good as far as the people just finding me. Uh-huh. So uh, the whole cigar box guitar thing, it's kind of an underground cult movement, yeah. to be honest. Uh, there's, you know, and I don't know the hard numbers, but I guess I would guess that as hobbyists and just guys that will make one, it's probably around 15,000, 20,000, you know, across the country. Yep. Uh, as far as guys like me that, you know, will make them and sell them, now we're down into the hundreds. And as far as guys like me that are selling them and actually making a living at it full time, now we're probably, my guess would be less than 100 of us are yeah. around. So there's, you know, if somebody really wants one or they want something unique, it's not hard to find me because I come up pretty quickly sure. when it comes to like web searches and stuff. Let's uh, have you play something. Okay. So this uh, proves that I'm a builder before a player, but <laughs> sure. that, that's kind of the point of it too is that, uh, you know, with that being said, it was hard for me to stick with the guitar for a long time, and now it's to the point where I will play with one of these things every single day. And it doesn't mean I'm great; it just means I'm enjoying it. Right. And it actually makes music, and you know, it's it's you know very addictive once you kind of get into it a little bit. <laughs> It's a beautiful sound. So you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like it's really rich. I'm not going to play the Beatles for you today. Yeah, <laughs> but, I, but I can do that all day. I know? listen so. to. Um, I like I like country music a lot, and mm-hmm. I like bluegrass. And Vince Gill has just an incredible guitar talent, and I've nope. seen him play one of these guitars. Yeah, I've seen him. Uh, like for me, the dream project would be Jack White. That, yeah, that would be like the get, just because it's kind of where it started, and that's sure. where the whole thing kicked off in my head. And yep. I, I'm more rock than country, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I've seen Paul Simon playing one. I've seen Paul McCartney playing Neat. one. Uh, you know, I, they pop up more often than you think, really. All right, yeah. uh, where can people find your website? So the website's super easy. It's uh, GibsonShoemaker.com. Uh, on Facebook, it's Lucky Devil Cigar Box Guitars, and on Instagram, it's at Lucky Devil Guitars. And Lucky Devil Guitars is the brand sort of that we're settling in in terms of what we're going to call these that are your unique brand. Exactly. Yeah. How did you settle on that name? You know what? Uh, 
I guess because this was recession born, if I'm going to, you know, open a bane a little bit and be honest with you. Please. Uh, so I've always been self-employed. I've always been a self-employed uh, artist. And yep. before the recession, everything was uh, faux finishing murals. I do Italian plaster, things like that. And I always did personal art and sold stuff like that way also. Uh, and the music thing just kind of simmered in the background. I had no real ideas of making money doing it. Uh so, like everybody else, uh, I'm in the building industry, and so when the construction industry took a hit, you know, eventually I did too. I didn't feel it right away because I wasn't just a regular painter. I was kind of niche. Yeah. But eventually it did. It ground to a halt, you know, for me like everybody else. And at that point, you know, you start reassessing things, and that was kind of like, I want to learn how to play guitar. You know, like if I got downtime, I want yeah. to do something I enjoy, right? Uh, so once I stumbled into this, uh, I'm very tactile as an artist too. So I've, I've done everything from welding to, like I said, painting, sculpting, uh, you know, even tattooing briefly when I was really young. Just uh, so I've, you know, I've dabbled with everything. And this was the only thing that when I did it at the end of it, I kind of went this hit on all sensors. Yeah. So it was tactile. It was hitting, you know, the love of music and building stuff. You know, I still distress it. I still do a lot of the folk finishing techniques on yep. it, you know. So it kind of, it was kind of a perfect marriage for me. Isn't it funny how many businesses sort of come out of the hard times of a recession like people that get laid off and then yeah. they find their bliss or, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of makers and it's pretty cool that something that can be so difficult and tragic in a family environment yeah. or losing your job's terrible. Yeah. But sometimes out of those ashes rise some really cool stuff. Oh, yeah. And you know what? It's not just me. It's I think the whole maker movement. Like, I'm kind of excited about it. Like, when everybody else was complaining, they're like, well, what are you going to do if you're not paying this now? I was like, yep. you know what? This is, as far as I'm concerned, the best thing that's happened to this country in 100 years. You know, it's like. People all of a sudden want to learn how to sew. They want to make something. They want to pick up a saw and do something. They're, you know, they're bored. They're down and out. They can't just hire somebody, buy something every yep. two minutes. So, uh, you know, for the first time, we're being forced to make something and do something. And, and my wife and I have kind of always been like that anyway. Yeah. So for us, it was kind of like, oh, it's about time the world's like this. Yeah, you that know? they're so catching up to what you're exactly. doing. Exactly. So, you know, like I said, it, it was a real ideal fit. And at the end of the day, you kind of go, you know what? Uh, you know, I don't know if anybody's going to retire a millionaire at this point, and I feel there's a lot more value in getting to go in and do something you really love every day yeah, versus and, just something that's good enough or okay, you know? And sometimes, you know, when we talk to makers in particular, the idea is like bigger, better, faster, more, yeah. but sometimes it isn't. Sometimes it's loving your craft, or sometimes it's just having enough to have the life that you want to have and to love what you're doing, right? And sometimes I'm not sure. Uh, for me, I think that may be age a little bit. I'm 47. Yep. So I just don't care about money the way most people do. I get the, you know, I have to pay my bills. We sure. have to do it. You know, I'd like, to, you know, if I make more, I'm not going to complain about it. But yep. at the end of the day, I, I just really don't care, which is kind of where my lazy social media presence comes from and stuff. <laughs> I just, I enjoy going in and do what I do. Like, have you ever had a chance to see... Uh, my studio and stuff, it's kind of like going into a toy store almost. I mean, it's visual. There's cool stuff everywhere. There's tools all over the place. You know, we made this really cool, you know, sign that lights up with LED. I mean, it's just, but it's my space. It's my world, you know. I am going to post, you did a really fun segment with yeah. Jason Matheson where you had him make a guitar with mm -hmm. you. I will post that on our Makers of Minnesota Facebook page so yeah, people awesome. can see our studio because it is a pretty neat experience. Yeah, it really is. All right. As we close out, do you want to do like a song or do you want to play anything else? No, you know what? Why don't I just kind of wind out with it and sure. we can just kind of wrap it up like that. Right. Like I said, I don't I don't know a Beatles cover or anything. We're not going <laughs> to do that today. So, All right. Uh, all righty. We are with uh, Gibson Shoemaker. Lucky Devil Guitars. Thank you.